0: this is the Mooks and the Gripes podcast. Hello everybody, this is Trevor Summerly Paul.
1: Paul, how are you doing today? I am doing well. I told you I've been a little under the weather this week, so I'm, you know, kind of a little droopy, but summer weather is definitely helping. That is good. We're getting lo- yeah, we're getting lots of rain, which I keep saying it's rare, but I feel like I've said that several times on this podcast, <laughs> so apparently maybe it's not as rare as I think, but as you know, in the West, any rain is welcome. Yeah, so. well, That's how it's been here, too. Very, very rainy.
0: And mm. in a way that I really enjoy. Only, the only problem is that now that the kids are out of school, over the last few days, they keep on saying, when are we going to go swim at the pond? There's a pond here that they love to swim at. In fact, that's where I take a lot of pictures of my books. When people you oh, know, yeah. go on to mm-hmm. Instagram, you'll see that pond in the background. And they're really mad at us when we say, well, look, there's like thunderstorms going on. You, you can't. Right. So we we have already ruined
1: their summer. Wow. <laughs> Real nice. Real nice. <laughs> well, and then to add things, more complications to that, when it's rainy and it's summer, then there's one less option. So the kids are usually inside, you know, mm-hmm. and if it goes for a few days in a row, that can get a little noisy, shall we say.
0: Yes. And they get, they get on each other.
1: And mm-hmm. I get on them.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, The good but, and the bad of but, it, I guess. Yeah, and it is fun. And we do a thing where you know they, they read. We, we buy snacks that are particular for reading. Oh, cool. Uh, and they like to go and just sit down somewhere with one of their snacks and, and read for a half hour or so. In fact, yesterday I came home and out of my wife's office is... It, I don't know if you care or have seen or anything with the, the Mario brothers movie. Oh, um, I yeah. haven't
1: seen it, but both of my
0: sons saw it and really liked it. Yeah. All right. Well, there's that song in there where Bowser singing about princess peach mm. and it's Jack black. And I think he wrote the song. So it's catchy and, and weird and, and funny but there's a really lovely piano rendition of it coming from my wife's office. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and I open the door and one of my sons is in the recliner in there reading. The other one has pulled up a little step stool, the, the littlest one that he can sit down on this on one of the steps and then hold his book on the top step, you know, mm-hmm. and they're just sitting there eating their snack and listening to. Uh, peaches, peaches, peaches on the piano, but wow. I was just happy they were reading. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that
1: That's a nice thing to come home to.
0: Yeah, it was it was a unique uh, unique thing because I thought, what what is my wife doing? I don't even think
1: she's here. <laughs> That's, and they're reading. They're not like, it's not an act. They actually are just doing another... that. That's yeah, awesome. It's
0: fun. So I, I think all of my kids do enjoy summer reading. And that is what mm-hmm. our topic is going to be today, even though it wasn't originally going to be our topic today. Uh, do you want to take it and kind of, uh, you know, we'll be transparent and let listeners know why our schedule changed in case
1: anyone was was logging in, um hoping for a Barbara Pym episode? Sure. Yeah, we were going to have a Barbara Pym episode, but we had some technical difficulties. We had a guest that we were hoping to join us and it just didn't work out this time. but. Rest assured, we are working in the background and it is not canceled. It is just postponed. So yeah, rain check. We, yeah,
0: rain we didn't check. want to just cancel with the guest who'd been preparing for it. Uh, we only found out when it was time to log in. And that's when she found out it just wasn't working. It was technological difficulties. And so it uh, rather than just us move forward kind of halfway and and not be able to have the benefit of that uh, guests, uh, insights and that conversation. Yeah. We thought let's, let's take a rain check yep. and, uh, see what, it, see, see if we can handle a, Banter podcast, you know, you and I usually have such a strict schedule and strict topics, and you know, That's I just right. move through them.
1: Our PowerPoint <laughs> presentations, yeah,
0: exactly, right. So this might be a little tricky.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something tells me we could probably fill some time. I don't think it'll be a problem.
0: <laughs> but we did decide to kind of just talk about uh, summer reading, um, mm-hmm. taking kind of a cue from the readers' podcast with Simon and Thomas when they used to do. Uh, reading horizons. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Those were great episodes. I always really loved those episodes too, where they would just say, "What what's coming up on your horizon?" You order some mm-hmm. books or some uh, that you, that you're about to start reading, or some books coming out that you're excited about. And since it's it's that time when you know summer book season really is upon us, you know we're recording this the Saturday before Memorial Day in the United States, but. When it comes out, we'll almost, in fact, we'll does it, does this episode come out on June 1st or is it, um, May 31st, yeah. June 1st. So happy mm. June, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So, so yeah, summertime, summer reading, summer feelings, all that stuff. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, but I do have a few items of business aside from wanting to know what Paul is not reading in the future, but reading, you know, right now, um, one, we do have some Patreon uh, subscribers that I have been needing to uh, say thank you to uh, Angela i uh, she actually joined us in February. Uh, Connor uh, joined us in March. Uh, Lisa, uh, who we we've known for some time uh, joined us in March and then Lars joined us just uh, a week or two ago. Uh, thank you all for your support. And for uh, becoming part of the the Patreon family, Uh, just as a reminder, they get, you know, we do bonus episodes on there. And uh, we also uh, release episodes to Patreon a couple of days early. It's not like, you know, a a massive, uh, you know, early bird kind of special, (laughs) but I hope it's kind of fun. And uh, we really love the the community over there and the, the folks that are, that are joining in the support as, as we've mentioned in the past, it has helped us a lot, especially over the last few uh, months where some of the free services that were free because of COVID aren't free anymore. Mm. Um, we've had to make some changes to hosting um, because of price gouging, <laughs> I will say, but yeah. we found some folks that we are very happy with it, in the long run. It'll actually be cheaper, but in the front end it did require some, some outlays of, of money. And so, very much appreciate patreon um support for that because we we did have the ability to to use that right there and then and, and so it was
1: uh very much appreciated Yeah, um, absolutely <laughs> yeah, it's so nice of people it's it's you know we we sit here and chat and to think that people appreciate it enough to to support us in these various <laughs> ways is always just so you know in some ways mind boggling to me but also just so it's it's a nice boost it just feels good it's very much appreciated.
0: It is. And, and, you know, there, there are all kinds of things that, that, you know, we know that not everybody can or wants to support on Patreon and that Mm -hmm. is totally fine because I love just getting on Twitter and seeing the responses to episodes and I'm going to do a better job. We did get some really good feedback for, from our titles episode, people sharing some favorite titles, things like that. But my problem is I see it and I usually respond in that moment and then, you know, after a week or two, it's long gone in my notifications. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out a better way to record those so that they are things we can share on here because I very much want to. I mean that's yeah. one of the reasons we we solicit it and then I'm I'm just a I'm just a failure, Paul. just <laughs> not right. true not true. No, I need
1: to do a good job too. I think just screenshotting it or, or grabbing it right in that moment, like you mm-hmm. said, but sometimes if you're you know, on the way somewhere at work and sneak in a glance, you lose track of it. But yeah, I know we did get some great feedback. And one I remember in particular was Ron Restrepo. He <laughs> mentioned that there was a title that he, a book that he picked up specifically because of the title. And that was The Kiss of the Spider Woman,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which I have not read, but I have heard about that book for years and years. And yeah, that is, that's one of those titles <laughs> that, whether you know anything about it or not, it's like right away. What is that mm-hmm. about? So That's <laughs> one I do remember off the top of my head.
0: Oh, well, another thing that we want to do before we move on to our, our topic of the day is a giveaway. Yeah, Paul, this one is one that you are uh, offering up.
1: Uh, do you is. want to introduce it? Sure. So this is a book that I have not actually read myself, but I was fortunate enough to end up with two copies. And it is... Occupation Journal by Jean Genot. I hope I'm saying that right. Is that how you say it? Oh, I don't, Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but I don't as, know. If as that's always, right. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just a quick um, summary. It says Occupation Journal is a window into one of France's most voracious and critical minds. This fascinating historical journal, kept during the Nazi occupation of France, reveals Genot's musings on art, literature, and life, as well as his forceful political convictions and deep commitment to pacifism. So this is one another one of those beautiful books from Archipelago. Mm-hmm. It's got a really nice, it's like kind of a, I don't know, brownish green, like muted colors, one of their more muted colors, but I think it's really beautiful. So yeah, we are excited to give away a copy of that. And we were thinking, given our um, theme for the day of Reading Horizons, to enter in just either on Twitter or via our email, send us you know, just let us know that you're interested in entering the drawing and just tell us what's on your reading horizon. It could be the next book you plan to read or what are some of your big reading plans for the summer. Um, But yeah, we would just love to hear a little bit about that. It's always fun to kind of hear what other people are planning to read and see if it's something you've heard about or read yourself. So yeah, send that in, like I said, via email or social media, and we will enter you in the drawing.
0: Excellent. Do you mind if I just give a give a taste of, oh, of where do. we start? So here here's the start of uh, Occupation Journal, translated uh, by Jody Jody Gladding, and it starts in 1943 September 20th. Um, and just for listeners, in April, uh, at part of the NYRB Women 23 with uh, Kim McNeil, we read Iris Origo's uh, uh, war journals as well, war diaries. Mm-hmm. And so this is very much, it just seems like what I'm doing this year, but right. it is September 20th. There is such confusion in people's minds that even among the best of my acquaintances, no one knows how to conduct himself according to the simple rules of nobility and grandeur anymore.
1: So that's the start. Just a wow—a nice little little opening there. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Dan. I forget, have you read, I know you've read some of his books, right?
0: Yeah, so we, we read Enemonde last year for yeah, our, that's one of our things. I read um Hill and mm-hmm. I read Melville. I think maybe those are the only three I've that's read. Right. Maybe I've read another one. There, yeah, that's... There's is there what's the other one that NYRB classics put out? Is it the King's Road or something like that? I have not oh, read yeah. that
1: one. It's funny. I I don't know why I had that brain blank. Yeah, I'd forgot that Enemonde was him. And I've actually read Melville too, so like i said a little tired today um yeah no those were the two weirdest ones i know and melville are are strange Mm -hmm. i know melville i think i did really like it but it was one that i went into it i think maybe my expectations were really high and you know how sometimes that can be a good thing but sometimes like a book that you would normally enjoy if you have too high of expectations you Mm -hmm. can kind of be a little bit so i want to revisit that one now you know down the road and kind of see how it how it works for me. Do you
0: think it was high expectations or just different? Because I remember when I got that one too, I was expecting one thing, you know, because it's about Herman Melville. It's kind of an alternate, I don't know, just this fun little thing. And it turned out to be something very different. And so I I don't think I was ready to receive all that it was because I was thinking of something else, whether or not my expectations were higher, lower, whatever it was certainly for something different, especially after Hill, which is, yeah, beautiful i love that's my
1: favorite one so far yeah i think you're exactly right actually that's a much better way of putting it it wasn't that i was disappointed it was just that i was wrong footed by it because like like you said what i thought it was about and kind of you know the impression i got about it versus what it turned out to be was two very different things so yeah that's that's definitely the case but i keep hearing good things about hill um so that's one that i probably should bump up my stack
0: yeah, for sure. Start that one today, Paul. Yeah, I know you, you
1: don't. You, you're looking for
0: something for your reading horizon, right? <laughs> always, always. Well, on, on that
1: topic, what have you been reading? Yeah, I just finished a really good book by Cal Flynn, C.A.L. Flynn, and it's called Islands of Abandonment. I don't know if you've heard about this one. Um, she's Only an from invest- you. Yeah, I think
0: you put it on. What are you reading on Instagram? Like a I week did. ago or something. Yeah.
1: Like yeah, she's an investigative journalist and nature writer from Scotland, and this book is very similar to another book that I've mentioned a couple times before, which is *The World Without Us* by Alan Wiseman. Um, I don't know if people remember that's that one I've talked about a couple times, where mm-hmm. it's basically looking at different scenarios in which the world, you know, is is recovering or sp- speculating about what it'll be like when humans are no longer around. And this one does a very similar thing, um, and yeah, yeah, it's really, really good. She's a wonderful writer, so it looks at you know the the devastating impacts that we're all having on the earth, but also it does focus on kind of the resilience of nature and how if you give it a chance, it will come back in surprising ways. And I like it. It's kind of one of those that's written in different sections, so it jumps all over the globe. You know, you spend time with this herd of feral cattle on this island off of Scotland that's just been abandoned by humans. And so she's like, spends time kind of watching these, these cattle. And I guess it's one of the only herds in the world that is considered, you know, pretty much truly feral. They've just been there so long that they've even started to like, their body types have changed, their behaviors have changed from domestic cattle. So it does that. It goes to the recovery of wildlife around Chernobyl, which is, you know, mm-hmm. something that you hear about fairly often. Um, there's a part about how the forests in the DMZ area in the Korean peninsula, you know, the... Area in between the two, North and South Korea, that's kind of no man's land. They've talked about how the, the wildlife and the forest there have just completely surged, and that there's like animal species that are only alive in that area on all, all of the earth. And then she also looks at like, you know, how Detroit has been abandoned for, you know, economically, it's just kind of fallen apart. And so there's those huge swaths of just you know, ruins of factories and entire neighborhoods that have just been deserted. And it's really fascinating and also kind of eerie to just see her descriptions of walking through these neighborhoods. And there's just these like a single home with like basically jungle grown up around it and everything. So, yeah, it's it's a really good book. I mean, it's right in my wheelhouse, I guess you would say. So, yeah, that's that's what I've been reading most recently. Um, It's really good. How about you?
0: So I uh, was fortunate enough to get copies from Grey Wolf Press of three books by uh, Kopka Kasabova.
1: Is this somebody that you are familiar with? Have you ever read any of her work? I am familiar with her, but I have not read any of her work. I know that Dorian Stuber in particular is a big fan, and he's recommended her highly to me. And I bought one of them a couple years ago, and don't tell him, but I haven't read it yet.
0: Okay, I'll keep that. I'll keep that yeah. A secret. Yeah, please. <laughs> so, uh, in fact, it, it was Dorian who who made me also want to to read her work. So I did. I reached out to Grey Wolf and said, "Hey, I'd be interested." And they sent all all three that they have published of hers, oh, starting nice. with Border: A Journey to the Edge of Europe, um, that was published in twenty seventeen. Uh, to the Lake: A Balkan Journey of War and Peace, that was published in twenty twenty. That's and the then, one I have. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you've got to get Border first. It comes first. So you can tell that to Dorian if he ever oh, asks. uh-oh. All right. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's why. That's why.
0: And then Elixir in the Valley at the End of Time just came out uh, like a week or two ago. Um, and I've just been excited about them and started Border. I thought, you know, I'm going to start at the beginning, see how this goes. I'm. It looks lovely. And I was just... It, pulled in immediately uh, into this book border. Um, She's talking about the border uh, between Bulgaria, Greece and Turkey Mm. and the, you know, the, its own history, both, you know, ancient and current and how that affects everything, but also the lives along the border. She's Mm. talking about the natural landmarks. It is a nature book in some ways, uh, but also a cultural book and what it means to live on the border uh, mm-hmm. versus live in the interior in a capital which you know is often not at the border right, <laughs> a dangerous place yeah. to to be and it is really 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 good i've just again just from the preface on i thought oh man i'm going to love this um she talks about uh people die crossing borders and sometimes just being near them The lucky ones are reborn on the other side. Mm -hmm. And little things like that. She says, history is written by the victors, they say. But it seems to me that history is written above all by those who weren't there, which may be the same thing. Um, And then a little bit onward. None of us can escape boundaries between self and other intention and action, dreaming and waking, living and dying. Perhaps the people of the border can tell us something about liminal spaces. And yeah, it's a journey book. She starts on one part of the border and is walking around. She herself grew up there um, in Bulgaria. But then when she's, you know, it's been some time um, moved to Scotland mm-hmm. where she has continued to, to work and write and all of that. And so she, this is a journey home for her as well. in, in some ways and journey to this land. But it does form a kind of a trilogy at this point because each of these are about the Balkans, you know, border to the lake and then Elixir. And I think it was Jerry Faust on Twitter said she's actually planning it to be a quartet. <clears throat> oh wow! So that's good in news. This, in a few years, we should get part four, as opposed to the Balkan trilogy by Olivia Manning. This will be uh, Kapka Kasapova's uh, Balkan Quartet. So. Ah, I see. That's exciting because that I didn't even know the third one was out. Great. So that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It just, just, just came out and these books, you, you know, I assume you have the gray wolf one, just mm-hmm. really lovely productions. It's yeah, got they are. beautiful <laughs> paper. It's, it's it's a hefty thing to, to hold and just kind of suits the feel of what you're reading. Um, yeah.
1: You know, if you're into that kind of thing with uh, physical books. So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. The cover of to the lake in particular, like I said, that's the one I have is gorgeous, and I've seen the other the other one online, and now I need to look up the third one. But yeah, they're they are they are beautiful books.
0: I can see why Perfect. too. The lake, maybe if you were if you were in the store and saw it, it's a beautiful blue, and you know yeah. it really is a lovely cover. And I can also catch you being like,
1: I want to read the one about a lake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's Seems which probably exactly what caught my eye. But I should have done my research and realized it was the second one. <laughs> well, and I I wasn't I
0: knew they were somewhat connected, but I didn't. I don't know yet how like it doesn't matter if you read yeah. them out of order, probably not based on what I've seen, but you know, maybe Dorian or Jerry will chime in and say, Paul, come on, man, you got to go back to border, start there. Or maybe it, they'll right. say, you can read whatever one you want um, first. So yeah, very good. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff on our, then that's that, that in part is what's on my reading horizon, but let's, let's take a breath for a moment and uh, gather some thoughts to jump into that topic. Sounds good. All right, Paul. Hopefully we've both had a, a moment to to consider our reading horizons over the next uh, month or two. Yeah, the and... main thing is hard to narrow it down, you know. <laughs> so uh, again, we got this idea uh, from the readers. Uh, always loved these episodes where they would talk about their reading horizons. But I'll be honest, I don't think I ever considered using this for my own reading. I was always more of a what book just, just arrived, I'll get to it. Mm. And consequently, a lot of books of get lost by the wayside you know I'm I'm they, they come in i'm really excited about them or they come out and then other things come out and things just start to get lost and so i have a whole bunch of books that i'm excited to read and realize i've been excited to read that since 2013 mm-hmm. <laughs> you know or something like that i know that is is not unique to me and it's not something i've been able to cure entirely but I always loved these Reading Horizons episodes and the sense of promise, as you and I have talked about before, the sense of mm-hmm. possibility, the excitement of of uh, a treat, you know, sometime in the future, uh, even though I didn't maybe get it. But you kind of started to help me understand the power of this, because I've always really enjoyed it when you say, I am going to read X, Y, or Z in June or in July. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll admit at the first, I was like, why don't you start reading it today? Mm. But it wasn't like a. a I wasn't tr- trying to f- feel dismissive. It was a genuine, right. hmm. and I realized I kind of like that idea of of something to look forward to when that time comes, versus just I hope I hope when the when I'm done with this book, I'll still be in the mood to read that one, you know, right. next. And so I uh, started to do that a little bit more. And you may remember our our holiday reading episode. Mm -hmm. I I cleared the board. I read all the books that I said I was going to. And so ever since then, I have been keeping a little bit of a list so that books don't fall by the wayside. It gets longer and I have to delete some things from it when I'm just like, I just, I'm not going to get to that. And I don't want this to get unwieldy and just have a list of, you know, a hundred books that I, (laughs) that I'm planning to read in the near future. That doesn't serve its purpose anymore. Uh, But I find this very helpful because when I finish a book or when I'm looking at what do I want to read next, even while I'm in the middle of a book, it, it does give me a chance to say, Oh yeah, don't forget that one. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe give myself a time, like I'm going to start that one over the weekend. It, again, it doesn't always work. Um, and yes, these Casa or uh, Casa Bova books showed up somewhat surprisingly and so they, they weren't on the list, but they are definitely part of my reading horizon. And yesterday I got a nice book package from Coffee Coffeehouse um, uh, that had three books uh, that aren't even new books. I have no idea who sent it. It was not Mark Haber. Um, he confirmed that with me. So I don't know who it was, but thank you. And they're all little and they're from, you know, a, a few years ago. I'll bring them up in, in a future episode because I am planning on reading them. But those just came out of the blue. I had no idea wow. they were going to even arrive. And it's not like I say, it's not their front list. It's not like the new uh, uh, Monica Ojeda book that's coming out. That looks amazing. Mm. It's older stuff. And so I'm very excited about that. So this does to me, give, give space for plans as well as for that serendipity of something arriving. Yeah. But so, yeah, I've got, I've got some plans. How, how are do you, have you sat down to make any summer
1: reading plans yet? yeah I I have but it's been kind of like a haphazard approach I have been reading sol- solenoid uh, you know I've been reading that for a long time and I've really enjoyed it but just given the last couple of weeks like we've talked about with the craziness of, of life and not feeling a little under the weather I kind of lost my way with it a little bit and mm-hmm. so I'm debating whether it might be time over the summer to dip into some smaller and maybe a little more light and I, when I say light, I mean light for us. <laughs> we don't. We're not necessarily always the lightest still, readers. Still going to be dour and pessimistic. Exactly. And- exactly. <laughs> I'm still me, but I just, um, you know, because I have a big stack of giant books that I'm really excited to read that I've been gathering up over the last year, and I wouldn't be surprised if one of those makes its way onto my list this summer. But I'm kind of balancing that right now with the idea of, like I said, I've been reading um, Thomas Mann's. Um, Joseph and his brothers with a reading group, which I'm really enjoying this year. And then I'm reading solenoid. And so having these big, huge monsters that are, you know, a matter of months or even a year long right now, it's kind of appealing to me to maybe dip into some, some other stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I haven't completely narrowed down all of the choices, but I can talk about a few and as we move along, but I would also, you know, I wouldn't mind some suggestions from people if they've been reading some, you know, shorter books or some books that are kind of just good summary reads, I would, I would be open to some recommendations too. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, let me, let me get the ball rolling here a little bit. This is a book that I've always, ever since I received it, um, have thought this is what I'm going to read in June. Uh, and it is Margaret Kennedy's The Feast. Oh yeah, uh, I bought that one from McNally Editions. It is—it's such a beautiful cover, beautiful edition. I love their new style so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, want, I want all of them. Uh, but the Feast by Margaret Kennedy, uh, when it arrived, I thought, oh, maybe I should start this now, um, and I, you know, didn't, and thought I just the cover just makes me want to read it in June. You know, when I myself go on a little holiday to a lake, and I don't know if it has much to do with any of that. I mean, I I have read somewhat the premise, but not a ton. It just Mm -hmm. feels like a holiday at the beach read, but maybe not the happiest one. I don't know, you know?
1: (laughs) Right. No, that's a great one. I remember you talking about that when you picked it up. And like you said, those, those editions are beautiful and I've heard lots of, lots of praise about that one. So that seems like that would be a good summary Mm -hmm. book. So yeah, i You think you'll kick that one off pretty soon?
0: Yeah, pretty soon. Yeah. Um, Maybe by the time this episode goes up, because uh, right now, I'm finishing up some NYRB Women 23 mm. books. Uh, well, book I've I've been I have been on that schedule day to day, consistent, which I'm pretty yeah. proud of too. I have not missed a day. Uh, so we finished. We'll we'll have finished our tenth book, which is uh, the tenth book is Our Spoons Came from Woolworths mm-hmm. by Barbara Cummins, which I I love it. Uh, but the two books that are coming out for us in June for that particular project are ones I have not read that I'm really excited about. And that's a uh, uh, Gillian Rose's loves work and Sylvia Townsend Warner's summer will show. Mm-hmm. So again, two other books by female authors. I'm very excited about all of that, about these topics and uh, you know, summer.
1: I'm just, I'm excited for June. <laughs> yeah, I've been dipping in and out of the, the, the women's NYRB group. I've, not been as consistent consistent as you have been, but I have been reading our spoons came from Woolworth and oh, I'll admit, I'm a little behind on the schedule, but yeah, it's so good. I hadn't <laughs> read that one before. So I love her work as we've said before. So enjoying getting to revisit her again. Yeah, that, uh, it is. It is so good. <laughs> it yeah, really is. It is such a, she, her tone of her r- characters, are, it's so odd and like hypnotic and strange and everyone's different, but it all has that, I don't know how to explain it, but just it's it's odd. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's a naivete to it, but
0: mm-hmm. but it's still so insightful and specific. I, it
1: it is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one that I'm eyeing is a pretty new one that just came out, and it I mean not just came out, but it's a pretty new book, and it was one that was shortlisted for the, for the International Book Prize. And I think we've talked about it a little bit in some of our Archipelago. Discussions, but it's whale by Chon mm-hmm. Yong Kwan. Um, yeah, it's just um, between hearing so much about it online and then when I got it, it's just this bright yellow, beautiful book with this you know really nice artwork on it. And then you start reading a little bit about it, and it seems like it could be a good, you know. I don't. It may not be a page turner, but it has a little bit of that element to it. It says we meet Chunhui as she returns to the scene of a crime she may or may not have committed. She drinks from a spigot. Clobbers the head of a large snake and eats it raw, slowly stopping only to spit out cartilage. In its belly was a frog. She eats that too. Cheon's story widens to embrace a motley assortment of characters, many of them motivated by lust or vengeance, many cobbling together cash from their jobs as dock workers, fishmongers, bricklayers, or geishas. Cheon's cinematic gift brands the brain. A penniless runaway sits thigh to thigh with a vicious gangster as John Wayne's seducer from the silver screen, a glittering whale, twists in the air. Before being carved into pieces, a beloved elephant is resurrected as a stuffed mascot posted in front of a popular cafe. So it just sounds like, you know, an odd, but very intriguing book. So it's been calling to me from the shelf and I'm thinking that one sometime this (laughs) summer might be a good one to dip into.
0: Yeah. That one's on my list as well. Um, It's, it's, I've heard good things about it. um, But for some reason I haven't started it yet. It, I, I'll, when you start it, let me know. Okay. Cause I'm, I may, I may use that as a, as a time to, uh, to jump in. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so another one that I have on my, my read list that I've, I have started, but it's going to take, um, some time is the, the latest and the last, sadly, uh, book by Javier Marias, mm-hmm. uh, Tomas Nevinson. It, it yeah. came out a week or so ago from Knopf, or maybe even just this past week. And, you know, I I took a little picture for last week's What Are You Reading over the weekend with it stacked on top of a few of his other, you know, lovely looking hardcovers, um, but particular Berta Isla. This takes place in the same world, same same general characters. Of course, it has one of those you know, catch you by the throat, make you intrigued, but also a little uncomfortable um, opening sentences. Yes, he's good at that. <laughs> have, you, have you, do you know what it is? Have you, have you no, read I the don't. first, are you, are you interested in, in knowing or are really you more, more like, oh, let me just open up the book and get it myself?
1: No, I'd say give us a little
0: taste. All right. So I'll, 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 I'll read this. The first, the first uh, sentence here. And it says, I was brought up the old fashioned way and could never have dreamed that I would one day be ordered to kill a woman. (laughs) Wow. Not one of his longer ones, sometimes his first sentence, you know, if I'd said I'll read the first sentence, we'd be here for some time, Mm -hmm. but that one's uh, just a very, very short one and disturbing, you know, even though it's just more the idea of it all. And he kind of goes on the, the way he, the way he keeps going on is very unsettling um, about this, you know, mm. yeah, <laughs> <And> old fashioned belief. <laughs> yeah, So I'm excited to, to keep going through that. I think that'll be one of the books that just kind of marks this summer for me. Yeah. I'll, I'll see about that,
1: but very, very anxious to get into it. Yeah. Anytime one of those kind of, for us, landmark authors, like when Cormac McCarthy's books came out or that one, it's like you said, it kind of marks the year because you've been looking Mm -hmm. forward to it and you've kind of had it on your calendar. And then if you have the chance to read it, if it's good, you know, and and usually they are, it kind of creates that kind of that stamp on the year. So yeah, you've Mm -hmm. read all of his books. Is that right? No, not all of them, but most of them. Yeah. Um, There are a few and
0: I have, I think I have them all on my mm-hmm. shelf, but I have not, I have not read all of them yet. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. one we're we're, we're circling around. Um,
1: is he on your uh, horizons? <laughs> he is because I've only read a heart so white and I've, I loved it. And so I have a stack of three or four other ones. And on top of that, we have a future episode where we're, we're going. to. Be mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that I, you know, not that it's an assignment by any means, cause it's one of those, that's a nice motivation and a, in a good boost to read a book, an author that I've been meaning to get into more. So yeah, I'm absolutely looking forward to reading more of his. Nice. Which right. if, if I was going to read one this summer, uh, you know, a heart so wide is the only one I've read. Do you have a second one that you'd recommend? That's a, a oh. good one. Not to put you on the spot. If not, that's fine. Cause I can just dig through my.
0: Yeah. It definitely depends on how far you want to go <clears throat> because mm-hmm. the, um, the older ones I really did love. I love them all. but Tomorrow in the Battle Think on Me is is really, really good. Uh, All Souls is really good, Um, but I I really love
1: Your Face Tomorrow, and that
0: could take you up the rest of your year.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's the one that does call to me, and I think I've told the story before where I saw them all sitting beautifully side-by-side at a used bookstore in Seattle, and it was just my heart heart jumped out of my throat and I grabbed him right away and ran up to the <laughs> counter and um, have not yet read them. But yeah, that is one that the only thing keeping me maybe from doing it is like you said, it, I would assume it would be best to read them kind of back to back to back. So the,
0: he, I, I did that. Mm-hmm. And
1: so I, and I did enjoy
0: that, that way. So probably, but at the same time, it, it they are long and meandering. It, it doesn't, feel it just feels like a long bad dream <laughs> okay <laughs> and they very dreamlike in a way too yes the, the in the last one in particular he, uh, he's so good at taking just a tiny moment of time and then blowing it up for like a whole book mm-hmm. and in the last one there's a part where it, this is going to sound weird and it, it it's almost like well what that doesn't sound appealing there's a part where there's a guy swinging a sword at someone and that takes like 400 pages i want to say wow (laughs) but not that it's just you know and then the sword you know it's the thoughts going through the mind during that swing he's so good at at digging in and and really you know expanding on those little moments and then twisting them a little bit to say, but it could also have been this or, um, you know, he makes it so interesting, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into more of that when we, when we do the episode itself. But. Absolutely, Yeah,
1: no, he could definitely make his way and he should make his way onto my summer reading. Cause I, I, I need to do it because he's one that, that I have no excuse for not having read him. I'm so excited <laughs> to, to do it, but, um, well, another one that you've talked about this book fairly recently and it really, one, me over to not only buy it, but based on your description, I want to mm. start dipping into it is the story of a life by Konstantin oh, yes. Uh You just, you, you sold it <laughs> so well. Um, and I think what appeals to me about it from the summer perspective is if I'm not putting words in your mouth, you said that it was one that you could kind of read in small chunks and sections. And so again, like with coming off of the heels of some of these big, doorstoppers that I've been reading, even though this is a big doorstopper, there's something appealing to me about that idea of little, you know, bite-sized chunks. Yeah. So, um, you know, That's and, what and from did. what you- Loved Yeah. It. Yeah. And you've said it's, you know, a lot of, of childhood and, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a mix of, of different types of, you know, I'm sure it's not necessarily all light or dark, but um, from what you've said, I, I seem to remember using the word delightful or something similar to that. And that sounds appealing to me right now.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it is he's he's going through some horrible
1: things that he that he writes
0: about, you know, mm-hmm. with the revolution and the the First World War. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of an optimist in a way, yeah. and it's it's really nice. And and I did like doing just a chapter a day. Every once in a while, I'd read two or three, you know, just depending. But that was my goal, and it's because not every chapter was a winner. He is just you can tell he's like sitting down just saying, okay, some other memories, especially the childhood ones. Mm -hmm. Um, but I knew I could get through them. They're like seven or eight pages is all. And so it wasn't this feeling that none, I never got derailed by a chapter that I was like, I don't didn't care as much about that one as I want to get back to, you know, this relationship or this, this other thing, or he didn't have any of those little nuggets that he has throughout. Uh, but yeah, very, very good. I, I hope you enjoy it. Um, for sure. That, that's just a special one. Yeah. For me, I'm excited for someday. Hopefully, getting
1: the second volume that'll have books four, five, and six. <laughs> I know. If we keep talking about it, maybe someone out there will hear our cry and let us know. Yes, it's been. I, it's it's <laughs> un- underway. I know that's a thing. I want. I've never asked directly
0: because I don't want to sound demanding. But I, I would love to know if this is actually happening. Yeah, I'm sure it so. is. I'm sure it is. It's got to be. But who knows. <laughs> Um, let's see some other ones that I will be reading for sure. Um, the last Chronicle of Barset book six of six. the Chronicles of Barset. Sure, uh, by Anthony Trollope. Um, I am in the middle of the small house at Allington. Uh, the book group that I'm a part of, they actually, a lot of people were getting behind and, and starting to feel like it was a bit of a chore and, um, more stressful than, than pleasant. So they decided, Hey, let's make these now two months. Um, so the, a small house at Allington, they're reading for, you know, May and June. And then the last Chronicle of Barset will be in, I think, July and August then, but I'm, I'm, I've been on schedule, uh, and so I'll be doing that one much sooner, but yeah, I love, I've loved this one. I, the, the, the one, uh, Framley Parsonage was a little mm-hmm. bit of a chore at times. Yeah. I remember you said that wasn't your favorite, but that was uh, it, the, the, for whatever reason, I just had a harder time with that one. Uh, but the small house at Allington is just back to the, the touching relationships, the people with, you know, their, their little disappointments that you realize are so meaningful, you know, just makes you well up um, mm. when you're, when you're reading about their, their quiet struggles. You know, I just am really enjoying it and I'm, I'm excited to get through it all, but, a little bit sad too when that time comes. But the last Chronicle of Barset, of Barset is like a, a billion pages or so. So it, it'll be a bit of time before <laughs> plenty I'm Plenty to look forward to.
1: That's the only one that I haven't been able to pick up or haven't managed to find yet, but it's on my radar. I want to grab that one. But so would you say that, because I know how much you loved The Warden, mm-hmm. not not to say that they all have to match that, but do you feel like overall, having read as many as you have now, that you know, that, that one... Stands above the rest, or do you feel like overall it, it comes out, you know, to a, a whole?
0: It does come out to a whole. It's a whole community, and um, that one's probably still my favorite, just because I loved Septimus Harding, yeah, and his his own quiet struggle uh, with how do I handle this situation I'm very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I want it all to go away, <laughs> right. kind of kind of situation, um, but the the kindness that still stayed a part of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved uh, Trollope's little asides about the other characters, even the ones that we don't like. You know, trying to build in some, but we don't know. We haven't seen everything about this person. You know, they yeah. are still, still have their their good side as well, and just love love that one. But the others, like um, <laughs> the the others have been so fun, uh, because they they deal a lot more with uh, you know, relationships. And um, you know, weddings, and uh, it, it, it's not quite—it's not like Jane Austen entirely, but it is a lot more of the the younger people,
1: hmm. uh,
0: the next generation, trying to get themselves established in in life. And so, there's a lot more, you know, proposal scenes that go wrong, and
1: it's just kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I'll stop quizzing you about him, but do you think you'll read? Some of his other books, I mean, obviously, probably someday, but do you think he'll take a break?
0: It depends on this group because if they're, I, I kind of feel like they might take a break. Yeah. Um, Before we get on to the Palliser, oh, so originally the
1: plan was just to do all of them. Yeah, yes, because it
0: has six as well. The plan was twenty twenty three. Every month we read one, finishing with the Chronicles of uh, Barsetshire in the end of June, and starting up with the next one July until December. That's not that certainly isn't going to be the case now because that's already been nixed. But Mm -hmm. I am curious if they'll also say like, hey, let's take a take a break, and if they do, I might. but I kind of, kind of don't want to, yeah. you know, I've been, I, I just have enjoyed having him be a part of my regular reading life over the
1: last, you know, six months or so. Yeah. If you could, you know, if you end up pulling it off that way, that would be a pretty cool thing to read across an entire year. I, just I kind think of like, so I'm too. Doing Thomas yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think so too. And I strongly recommend you, 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 To carry on with Barchester Towers. I mean, the first especially the first hundred pages of that book, I was just in, you know, just so excited. And and I I loved the whole thing, but there you're dealing with characters from The Warden (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and seeing them, and it's so fun. Uh, but that one has all of its weird hijinks, and you know, you you get to meet Obadiah Slope, who is just what a great uh, name. A great name. He's played by Alan Rickman in the the film for, mm. you know, the, the adaptation and man, you know, just it fits. <laughs> so... Sounds like a Dickensian name. <laughs> oh man. I think these should be tro- 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 Trollopean names. Honestly, his yeah. names are, I mean, <laughs> D- Dickens for sure has his things, but, um, Trollope was, was right there with him. You know, mm-hmm. we have Dr. Philgrave. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, that is so funny because it, it goes both ways. It's like you feel grave. I also am a bad doctor. He feels graves. Yeah. You know, I mean it is it's just so funny, these little names and <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, it's yeah. true.
1: He probably doesn't get as much credit as he should. <laughs> <laughs> hey anything else that's on your, your reading yeah, list? One more that there. I'll mention um is from one of my favorites. You know, I've as we keep returning to the nature writing theme. I've talked a lot about Robert McFarlane and I've keep parceling his books out because like Mm -hmm. we talk about with our favorite authors, like there's that, just like you're doing with Trollope. Like, do I want to read them all in a row? Do I want to save them? So I have been saving his, but this one is one that I think I'm going to finally get to. And it's called the old ways, a journey on foot. And Mm -hmm. it's um, one, I I think it's one of his, that's it's very highly regarded. He sets off from his Cambridge home to follow the ancient tracks, holloways. Drove roads and sea paths that form part of a vast network of routes that crisscross the British landscape and its waters, connecting them to the continents beyond. The result is an immersive, enthralling exploration of the ghosts and voices that haunt old paths, of the stories our tracks keep and tell, and of pilgrimage and ritual. And whole, oh, mm-hmm. I mean, that just sounds so much up my alley that, like I said, that's part of why I've been keeping it. I talked about the wild places and how that did that. You know, it was journeying all across parts of the UK and that general area and looking at things through particular landscapes like a fen or a, a, you know, I don't remember all of them, but a mountain peak or whatever. And this one seems like it might have a similar spirit where you're getting these little glimpses and vignettes of different parts of the country. So yeah, like I said, that one is one that I think would be another one that I could kind of read in chunks, maybe interspersed with other things. Um, But yeah, Robert McFarlane, I, I keep, waiting to see. I know I'd seen something a while back where he said he was kind of exploring, doing some different things. He's written some children's books and some poetry and stuff, but I selfishly keep hoping that he'll eventually return back to some of these, you know, nature essays because I just love them so much. <laughs> it is
0: fun. I, I I've really enjoyed getting to know more of this side of writing from mm. from you. So I'm glad that you've got another one in front of yeah. you at least. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, and then I have a question for you. If you, if you wouldn't mind indulging me, not at all. Um, well, okay. First, I guess first, other thing that I am reading and mm-hmm. have been for a bit is the the new edition, but not a new translation of Swan's Way, oh, the yeah. NYRB Classics put out. Um, it's the translation by James Greave. He actually mm-hmm. did this back in um, nineteen eighty. I mean, this translation's is a little bit younger than, than I am and than we are, but it's the first time it's ever been available outside of like Australia, New Zealand. I think it's awesome. Do you really? I I really do. People, the, the first, the first line, um, has put people off. You probably have seen that. It's controversial. Yeah. It says time was, um, and then kind of goes on with it. But I've been, I'm actually reading it with like two other translations and almost every time I find his, the one that I prefer being poetic, clear, he's got a crispness to it, but it doesn't lose some of the, some of the shadows and the, you know, little corners and nooks and crannies of the old Moncrief, uh, Kilmartin uh, translation that I really love. And I hate to say it, I just don't. I don't like the Lydia Davis translation. I've. I that's the one I was going to read a few years ago. Yeah, I don't like it very much at all. And so I have, but I do have that one pulled up too, so that I can kind of compare them all. I'm going to post something somewhere just so people can read them themselves. I'm not, you know, I make say this is my favorite, but you know, you can look at the various passages. I just find his so you know, the word choice the the way he arranges his, his sentences. And the thing is, it's not like, it's not like you can say, oh, he takes too much poetic license because he arranged it this way where the right. original, and I, I always have the French, the original French written there too. You know, it's, it's structured this way. All of the translators change the structures of these sentences because we don't write right. in French, you know, we don't have the same sentence structure. So they do have that license to do that. Um, but I, I find his ways of getting around that and still being faithful uh, to the to the French just wonderful. I am I I I think I I believe that he translated the second volume as well, and that's part of that Penguin Deluxe um, you know set that they did with seven different translators. But he did no more. He is yeah. he is he has died, and he did not you know finish this out. But I'm a little bit bummed by that because. I'm really, really enjoying it, but that I also feel is going to take me some time to get through because I've given myself the extra work of when I get to a certain passage, you know, then going and looking at it in, you know, these other translations in French and typing them down sometimes. And I'm, oh you wow. know, so That's yeah, cool. it, it's, it's, it's not something probably I should do the first time through the book, <laughs> but I am enjoying it. It makes it yeah. so that I sit and really look at these passages I think as long as you're
1: enjoying it, I mean, I'm just happy to hear that you're, you dipped your toe in and that you're making your way through it. It is a bummer. I was going to ask you about how many of them he had translated. It's a bummer yeah. that he didn't make it through more of them, but maybe you'll at least get into it enough that you'll, you know, feel the desire to continue <laughs> and other translations that work for you. Is I,
0: I think so for sure. Now here, here's the other thing. Um, <laughs> so, there's another translation coming out um, later this year. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, from Oxford, it's the one by Brian Nelson. Uh, they've actually had Oxford World's Classics has had his edition of his translation of Swan and Love in print for some time. Again, mm. not I've never read it, um, but he has now rounded out and done the whole, you know, of Swan's way and. I've heard good things about this as well. I think from Alina Stefanescu. I think she Mm -hmm. has um, uh, said that that this is the one she she has uh, taught, and she's been going through these as well. It's been kind of fun. Uh, But yeah, so if if you really want, and I'm part of me is like, oh, I'll grab that one when it comes out and see how it compares
1: and do all this again. There you go. (laughs) So (laughs) it's been fun. Reading the first book for the rest of your life. That's in right. Cycle. I
0: may never get onto the rest of them if people hey, keep translating right. the first book and that's it. That's right. That's what I've got. <laughs> that's awesome. But I, 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 I don't know if you have any others you want. But I do have one question for you before we go. So just make sure I w- I don't want to, you know, cut you off. But I don't. No, I'll anything. do. Uh,
1: there's three big ones that when I do decide to get to them, I don't know which one I will read, but Antagony. By Luis mm. uh, Gómez "Tombs of Sand" by I'm doing really bad with these names. I apologize. Kitanjali Shri and "The Garden of Seven Twilights" by oh, Michel de Pelot. Like <laughs> those, those are, are all. They're all <laughs> big, and so that's where, like I said, Solenoid, having read that and enjoyed it, but just lost some momentum at the end, not due to the book. I just mm-hmm. have to decide how I want to handle another big book and when I want to do it, but I would say by the end of the summer, I would, wouldn't be surprised if I'm well into one of those three. I don't nice. know which one yet, whichever one tickles my fancy. I think
0: I have all, all of those as well and have not read any of them, mm-hmm. but they're all, you know, they're all very intriguing. You got two dolphin titles there. I know they are and intriguing. It, and if miss Macintosh, my darling comes out, which I don't think it will in the super near term this summer, but it's it's certainly on its way. Yeah, you'll have another big one to <laughs> to add to that. I know. I Got to keep
1: <laughs> keep chipping away; otherwise, I'll just be buried in books.
0: <laughs> All right, my my question. So you know, I'm doing that library challenge um, that my wife uh, is running at the mm-hmm. local library, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm done with the main challenge. It was 25 books uh, on certain categories, and you pick and choose. But the bookmark that has all the categories has, I think, forty four, and I have just a, you know, I have like ten left, I think, mm-hmm. and it's been slower because, you know, for example, one of the ones is, is uh, with a heist. I just, you know, I can't. When I read our spoons come from Woolworths, I can't, I can't figure out where the heist is to make it fit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so I'm getting down to these kind of uh, last um, categories. But a few of them are ones where I'm like, oh, "I have a lot of options i I want to use it wisely, mm-hmm. and one one of them that I haven't done yet is an American classic okay Any ideas? Oh, it's boy. hard to figure out ones that I have that I haven't read, but then ones I haven't read that I have been looking forward to reading. It's certainly a well I have not drawn all the water from. I mean that seems like a very kind of uppity way of putting it. Um, there are actually lots that I have as potential. You know, I I've never read Henry James, The Portrait of a Lady. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've I have a few more Carson McCullers books that I want to read, including mm-hmm. uh, The Heart Is a Lonely Hunter.
1: Ooh, that's one um, I was actually going to potentially mention. That is oh, really yeah. good. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I have not read Cassandra at the Wedding, uh, but really enjoyed um, you know getting to know. Her work, and right now the the name of the author is Dorothy Baker. Yeah, the- mm-hmm. I'm like I, I knew it would come as soon as I uh, needed to put it away. Um, I I've enjoyed I enjoyed getting to know her a little bit through the NYRB Women 23, and want to read yeah. that one. That one's really uh, good too. Plenty of Faulkners I've not read, a few Whartons, um, you know, a few Cather's. Uh, Eudora Welty has a few I haven't read, and so the, I, I actually have a lot of options, but I'm. I'm trying to find the one that when I hear it, I go, yes, that's the one. And it hasn't happened
1: yet. I know I was after having our discussion, I don't know when that was last year about Faulkner when I read Absalom, Absalom. And you had said that you had always kind of considered him, you know, not purposefully, but in your mind, he'd kind of been categorized as like work or homework, you know, at times Mm -hmm. like I was going to suggest one of those might be good. Like, but I was a little reluctant based on, I I wouldn't want it to be something where you, if any of that lingers of feeling like it would be an assignment, you know, that wouldn't be good. I don't, Um, I don't
0: think so. You know, I've read a few of his books. I really loved As I Lay Dying. mm -hmm. Uh, But I, like I say, all of these are books I want to read or authors I want to keep reading from. But you know, how sometimes someone says the name of a book and it just clicks into place. It's like, oh, that's that's the one. That's yep. what I'm waiting for.
1: Yeah. And by the
0: way, by the way, it, I, I, I've been you know fielding ver- a lot of very angry emails about listeners who say you keep on ruining their bingo board. It's been a long time since you mentioned Lonesome Dove. Ooh, you know that could true. definitely count as a an American Ooh, classic. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously but, that would. Be, but. It's a Western, and I need to read a Western this year. So yeah. I have that already slotted in.
1: Okay, awesome. And it can't tick two? Can't tick <laughs> can't, two boxes? Can't tick two. Can't tick okay. two. Have you read uh, Passing by Nella Larson? I haven't read that one yet. That would actually be another really good one to consider. Um, it's slim, which is a bonus too. Right. That's uh, that's one I read um, last year. You could just add that, it to your maybe list.
0: Yeah, they've got that new Penguin um, mm-hmm. Classics edition
1: yeah that's a really good one that that one might work um trying to think i mean there's so many good options <laughs> i mean i don't know about classic i guess it's it's up to you to define that but, i think so you know i think gene stafford obviously i oh, love the yeah. mountain lion um oh, yeah. i don't know if that's considered a classic i i mean it's nyrb classics so it's right in the title right <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, and certainly, you know, I've already
0: fulfilled the challenge. So it is, and, and it, you know, it's not like anyone is there patrolling it. In fact, I think my wife told me someone put down uh, I capture the castle <laughs> as their American classic. And it's like, huh. Not American. Uh, right. But, you know, but anyway, uh, I, yeah, I, I just, I, some of these I feel like are opportunities to, to, to get to a book that I've been long wanting to get to. Yeah. And this is one of them. This is one of the categories.
1: Um, Have you read Walden? I have. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. that would be another good summer book. Really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I did too. Yeah. I'm kind of just scrolling down through my list of, of some of the books that I own and trying to think, but yeah. (laughs) If it were,
0: if it were a British classic, I mean, I'll be honest there. There's so many more of those that i you see on the lists that I want to read. I agree uh, than yeah. the American classics, and I don't know if that's just where I'm at in life right now. But I took a ton of American literature courses, so I, I again, this is a little bit. Uh, I don't mean this. I, don't, I actually know that I'm wrong. My my feeling though is sometimes I've been there, done that, right? Um, And I, again, I know that's wrong. There are plenty that I still haven't read that I know would be wonderful to read. It just don't get quite as excited about it as other categories. And
1: so. Yeah. Well, you have to um, let me know, you know, what you end up going with, but I would at least consider, I think passing by Nell Larson. Would okay. Be, yeah. I'd if I had to pick one, on. one that I would recommend from just that little impromptu search through my list, that's probably the one I would pick. The two you
0: mentioned there, the passing and the mountain lion are both ones that well, have that, that moment of like, Oh yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Okay. You know, well, yeah,
1: I I said passing, but. Obviously, The Mountain Lion, I rave about that one all the time. So that one is a given that I would say that that would be another one high on the list. So yeah, you'll have to let us know in future episodes what you end up going with. Sounds good.
0: Oh, apparent. my wife is listening to ah. me. She can't hear you because I got my headphones uh-huh. on. But she, she did recommend Customs of the Country by oh, Wharton, which I love Wharton. And I've been wanting to read this one for a long time. And, uh, you know, the Instagram influencer drama story before Instagram was even invented. And I've heard, you know, she talked about that. And I think it was Dorian who read it a year ago. And he's like, this feels so modern. <laughs> you know, the way yeah. this is going on in, in, in these, these relationships. So that that one's one too that I, yeah, I love. I love Edith Wharton's work I so much. Too. And and Willa Cather. Those are two that I, you know, as I say, I've kind of been there, done that. Those are two that I'm like, no, I, I want to read everything they ever wrote. Maybe. And, um, but I, but I almost feel like I want to, I want to savor those. Um, yeah. It does bring up one last theme that you and I haven't talked about yet, but I'll, I'll bring it up live. Okay. <laughs> do we want to do a summer, a MOOC summer, uh, book club again? Oh, you know, yeah. Last year, reading The Lost Lady by Willa Cather and, being joined by Chris Wallach to talk about that was awesome. I loved it. That was awesome. And I I... loved the poll that we did to get, you know, to get it whittled down to that, that choice. I like that idea. I think we should. Hmm. All right. We'll take this somewhat offline to keep on going, but Paul just said, we're doing it. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Oh yeah. I'm committed. (laughs) We did that over the summer. And um, then I think we talked about it in August. So we have time both to, to put this together. We did the poll over this next week after Memorial day. Um, oh, okay. you know, cause I remember I was, I was on holiday and it, while the poll was running. And so we're in that time of year where we, we threw that out there and mm-hmm. let, let listeners choose our fate. And it was a wonderful fate.
1: It was absolutely. So, yeah. I not, like that idea.
0: Not that there may have been bad fates, but we'll have to see if we want to just go with the other choices we had on that poll and see what wins this year or do something completely different. Uh, one thing I loved about A Lost Lady is that it was it was wonderful, but it was also relatively short. Yeah, so it never felt like a like it was going to interfere with other plans. Yeah, that's that is one of the factors to consider for sure. But mm-hmm. yeah. you don't want to put on The Garden of Seven Twilights. Should, should we have listeners choose which one of those you have oh, to read over the summer? <laughs> if you
1: mean by you, you mean both of us. Then maybe. I meant, I meant you. I didn't mean you.
0: <laughs> Not that I don't want to read those books. No, um, I agree, know.
1: but I don't know that I would want to read them in that type of uh, time-constrained fashion. Mm-hmm. I'll say that much.
0: Yeah. I. I in fact, I started, um, but I only have it. I only had the online, like the uh, PDF. The Garden of Seven Twilights. I found that I could not read it that way, but I was enjoying it. But there's so much referencing and mm-hmm. you know things going back and forth. Doing that on a screen versus having a book that you can flip through, uh, it just doesn't
1: just didn't work for me. But um, you now do you have a physical copy as well. I don't yet. No, nope, oh, I don't? need to okay. get one. Yeah, you yeah. Do? Cool. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, stay tuned. We will fill you in as we kind of you know fine tune this idea. But I, I would be up for it. It sounds that sounds good because that was a lot of fun last year I thought so too I, I
0: did enjoy it and again got me to read a book I've been wanting to read for a while but just hadn't and that was part exactly. of our purpose with it I think all the mm-hmm. books we chose were books you and I both thought I do want to read this haven't read it yet uh, I'll be good with it winning none yeah. of them were none of them were losers so <laughs> right,
1: exactly that's definitely the way to do it
0: so, all right well thanks Paul I think uh, I think we filled the time up all right <laughs> I think we did. Hopefully Google. it worked
1: out for all the listeners and they agree, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. I
0: enjoyed it. Me too. And a reminder of the giveaway, the uh, John Giono's, uh, um occupation o- journal. Mm-hmm. Uh, please feel free to send those emails or send us stuff on, on Twitter or Instagram uh, to get your entry in. And otherwise we will be back soon. We, we're not sure exactly when we'll be able to reschedule the Barbara Pym episode. We want to make sure we work that with our guest. Um, because we're just so excited to have her and her insights. Uh, but it, it will be coming up relatively soon, and uh, we need to do some work and figure out what the rest of our summer is going to look like on recording. So We do.
1: Yep. As <laughs> always, speaking of, feel free. We always welcome ideas. Some of our most well-received episodes have mm-hmm. been ones that reader or that listeners have uh, sent in, like our hotel episodes. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, so feel free if there's something that you think we could consider. We're always open. All right. Well, thanks, Paul. You have a great
0: holiday weekend. You too. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you later. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mooks and the Gripes podcast. You can follow the Mooks and the Gripes and get show notes and book and film reviews at mooksandgripes.com. On Twitter, you can follow Trevor at Mooks and Paul at BiblioPaul. You can also get information about future shows on our patreon if you'd like to donate to the show anything and everything even a dollar a month helps and is deeply appreciated you can become a patreon at patreon.com slash mooks until next time